By wisdom, a house is built, and by understanding, it is established. By knowledge, the rooms are filled with all precious and pleasant riches. Hello, friends. Welcome. Thanks for listening. In this episode, I wanted to share something that I learned that was really helpful for me in understanding the book of Proverbs and better knowing how to pray, and I think also useful in learning how to walk in God's kingdom. And that's the distinction between wisdom, understanding, and knowledge. And this really began as a journey for me because when I moved into uh, an apartment that we had rented in China, there was a family that had lived there before us, and they had uh, taped Proverbs 24, 3 to 4 on their front door. And that says, by wisdom, a house is built, and by understanding, it is established. By knowledge, the rooms are filled with all precious and pleasant riches. And uh, that really coincided with Colossians chapter 1 for me, where Paul is praying for the believers in Colossae, and he says, So from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding. And so I don't think, you know, there's necessarily a hard distinction between these things. There's probably some overlap between them. But I think there is a difference between wisdom, understanding, and knowledge. And here's how I came to understand these things. That wisdom is how God thinks. Wisdom is the thoughts of God. The Bible says in Proverbs 3.19 that the Lord, by wisdom, founded the earth. By understanding, he established the heavens. And so God uses wisdom in everything he does. Everything he does is wise. Everything he does is good. And so when we think like God, we have wisdom. When we want to think like God, we should pray for wisdom. Understanding is how we apply how God thinks to any given situation. In fact, in Merriam-Webster's dictionary, one of the definitions of understanding is the power to make experience intelligible by applying concepts and categories. So it's the application of the wisdom of God to any given situation. And then knowledge is the experience of the application of how God thinks in any situation. So in Colossians, when Paul prays that they would be filled with a knowledge of God's will, he's not praying that they would just know intellectually what God's will is, but that they would have an experience of God's will, that they would walk in obedience so that they would have wisdom to know how God sees a situation, to know the thoughts of God, understanding to know how it applies to their life, and the knowledge of his will that is the experience of living out God's wisdom, the experience of God's righteousness, that when we live according to God's principles and God's wisdom, we experience his righteousness, we experience his right way of doing things, and that causes us to reign in life, Romans says. That's the abundant life that Jesus came to bring us. So Jesus gives us access to the mind of God, to the wisdom of God. The Bible says that we have the mind of Christ. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30, it says, Jesus became for us wisdom so that we can access the thoughts of God, the mind of God, the high 
wisdom of God is available to us in Christ as believers in Jesus, that's part of our inheritance, and it's a key part of how we bring God's kingdom to the world. We have to see things the way that God sees them, and then we gain knowledge by applying the wisdom of God to any situation. And then we have the experience of how God's wisdom handles a situation. We have the experience of God's righteousness. So I can know that God's wisdom for me is that I love my wife the way Christ loved the church. And then uh, God can give me the understanding of how to apply that truth in any given situation. What does it look like for me to love my wife and to give myself up for her and to wash her in the word, like Ephesians 5 talks about? The Holy Spirit can give me understanding to know how to apply this wisdom, and then I have the knowledge of how to love my wife. That is the experience of what do I need to do in this situation, the experience of living out God's wisdom. Uh, In a book called Living in Christ's Presence, Dallas Willard is quoted as saying this, the will is transformed by experience, not information. Now, I think that's, there's certainly truth in that statement, but of course, to, to, to change the way you think, you have to have new information. So I think it's, it's the combination of information with experience. It's not enough just to know Uh, intellectually that God wants me to love my wife and to lay down my life for her. I need to act on that information, and it's that experience that is the biblical concept of knowledge. So just a quick review. Wisdom, then, is the thoughts of God, how God sees a situation, how God thinks. Understanding is how to apply how God thinks to any given situation. And knowledge is the experience of applying God's wisdom to any given situation. Now, this is really helpful as we read through the Proverbs. So the Proverbs say things like this, uh, Proverbs 14, 6, a scoffer seeks wisdom in vain, but knowledge is easy for a man of understanding. So in this verse, we have wisdom, we have knowledge, and we have understanding. It says a scoffer seeks wisdom in vain. So someone who makes fun of God, makes fun of God's ways, they're never going to find wisdom. Someone who scoffs at God's ways, they seek wisdom in vain. They're never going to know the thoughts of God because God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. But it says knowledge is easy for a man of understanding. So if knowledge is the experience of applying God's wisdom and understanding is how to apply God's wisdom, so a man who knows how to apply God's wisdom, it's easy for him to have an experience of God's ways, because knowledge is easy for a man of understanding. He knows how to apply the wisdom of God, so the experience of that wisdom comes easy for him. In Proverbs fifteen fourteen, it says, the heart of him who has understanding seeks knowledge, but the mouths of fools feed on folly. So someone who has God's wisdom and knows how to apply it wants to experience, they seek knowledge. Proverbs ten thirteen says, on the lips of him who has understanding, Wisdom is found, but a rod is for the back of him who lacks sense. So a man who has understanding knows how to apply God's wisdom to any given situation. You can find wisdom. 
Proverbs 10.23 says, Doing wrong is like a joke to a fool, but wisdom is pleasure to a man of understanding. So if you know how to apply how God thinks about a situation, if you know how to apply the thoughts of God, the thoughts of God become pleasure to you. The wisdom of God becomes a pleasure when you know how to apply it. It's not burdensome because you have understanding. You know how to use it. Proverbs 8.11 is amazing. It says, For wisdom is better than jewels, and all that you may desire cannot compare with her. That's amazing. All that you may desire cannot compare with wisdom. Wisdom is so valuable. Proverbs 16.16 says, How much better to get wisdom than gold. To get understanding is to be chosen rather than silver. So wisdom is so valuable, and the scripture tells us that Jesus was full of wisdom, that he grew in wisdom and stature and favor with God and men. And when he began to teach people, they responded in Mark chapter 6, they say, where did this man get these things? What is this wisdom given to him? How are such mighty works done by his hand? So Jesus' life was marked by the wisdom and power of God. And when we seek wisdom, when we seek the thoughts of God, when we want to know how God thinks about a situation and we have understanding about how to apply it, and then we live it out and we get a knowledge, an experience of God's wisdom, we walk in the reign of Jesus. We walk under his kingdom reign, and that is to be desired above everything else. It says that this is better than anything else you could desire, is to know the thoughts of God, to know how God thinks. In Colossians chapter 2, Paul's writing to the uh, Colossians, and he's telling them, I want you to know how hard I'm contending for you and for those at Laodicea and for all who have not met me personally. My goal, okay, listen to this. This is Paul's goal. He says, my goal is that they may be encouraged in heart and united in love so that they may have the full riches of complete understanding in order that they may know, experience, right? That they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And so wisdom is to be desired above all things, the Proverbs tell us, and all of God's wisdom, the treasures of God's wisdom are all in Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. The Bible also tells us that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom in Proverbs chapter 9, verse 10, and Psalm 111, verse 10. It says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And if you haven't listened to the podcast on the fear of the Lord, I would encourage you to go and check those out because the fear of the Lord is so awesome. And to understand that the fear of the Lord is not being afraid of being punished by God, but being so awestruck by God's beauty and majesty and holiness that we don't want anything in us to be contrary to him. The Bible says in Isaiah chapter 11 that Jesus delighted in the fear of the Lord. So Jesus loved the fear of the Lord. So it's different, and Jesus was not afraid of being punished for his sin. So I would encourage you to check those podcasts out. It's episode uh, 56 and 57 of this podcast. And to understand more about what the fear of the Lord is and how it leads us into 
intimacy with God. Jesus delighted in the fear of the Lord, and God delighted in Jesus, and they had intimacy with each other. The Bible says that the friendship of God is for those who fear him. And so this is all a key into opening up wisdom. If we want to know the mind of God, if we want to know the thoughts of God, and we want to see the world the way God sees it, We need God's wisdom. We need understanding, and we want to have knowledge. We want to have an experience of it, and Jesus has made it available to us because Jesus paid the price for our sins so that we could have intimacy with Christ. In uh, Colossians, I'm sorry, in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 16, it says, For who has understood the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. So when we are united with Jesus, we get access to everything that Jesus has access to. And it's such a wonderful gift of God. It's just a priceless, priceless gift of God. And it's key if we want to manifest the kingdom in the world around us. If we want to see our communities transformed, we need God's wisdom. And the beautiful thing is in uh, James chapter 1, God promises us if we ask him, He'll give it to us. He says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord, for he is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. So you see, there's a contrast between receiving the wisdom of God by faith, just by God's generosity, we ask him and he gives it to us, versus being unstable and being double-minded. So we have two minds. We have the mind of Christ that we, we choose not to walk in because we're walking in unbelief, and we have the wisdom of this world. And later on in his epistle, James contrasts the wisdom of this world with the wisdom of God. In chapter 3, beginning in verse 13, he says, "'Who is wise and understanding among you?' By his good conduct, let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth. This is not the wisdom that comes down from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder in every vile practice. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere, and a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. So there's a contrast between the wisdom of this world, the world's way of doing things, and the wisdom of God. And our desire as believers is to see the kingdom of God fill the whole earth, to see the reign of Jesus fill the earth that everyone can experience how good, how kind, how generous, how awesome God is. And so to give those around us an experience of God's goodness, we need God's wisdom to know how God thinks about a situation. We need understanding to know how to apply it, and we want to have knowledge. We want to have an experience of living out God's righteousness. Thank you so much for listening. I hope that helps, especially as you read the Proverbs. You know, when I when I began to get this understanding, the Proverbs just became much more uh, interesting to me because over and over it's talking about wisdom and understanding and knowledge. And as I read the Proverbs, uh, and it's a great habit to read one chapter of the Proverbs each day and just let the wisdom of God sink into your heart, but it helps to understand uh, a, a little bit of the distinction of what these things are.
Let me close with this. Proverbs 24, 13-14 says, My son, eat honey, for it is good, and the drippings of the honeycomb are sweet to your taste. Know that wisdom is such to your soul. If you find it, there will be a future, and your hope will not be cut off. So I exhort you, I bless you to go and seek wisdom, to let the wisdom of God enter into your hearts, to know how to use it in your life, and to have a knowledge of His will, an experience of walking out the wisdom of God in the flesh in this life. God bless you. Thanks for listening.